Hey there, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 348. Now, one of the most misunderstood factors in close quarters combat is the use of kicking to defeat your attacker. Now, today I'm going to demystify how kicking is not the complicated skill that the martial arts world makes it out to be, and I'm going to show you how to master close combat kicking for a real attack with little to no practice. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearm training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Jeff Anderson from WarriorLife.com. And look, it's been a while since we've done kind of a close combat type thing. And I really wanted to get into this because... Um, I think one of the most mis- I, I do believe one of the most misunderstood areas is kicking, and I and I think there's a reason for that. Um, whether it's taekwondo or karate kicks uh, or Chuck Norris on the on the on the big screen, you know, kicking is always kind of seen as more of a martial arts move because it's not really used in a lot of fights. If you look at like real attacks that happen on the street, not a lot of people use kicking. Um, and when you look at it from a martial arts perspective, which is what most people do, it's it's always taught so complicated. I remember when I first started taking martial arts, doing my front snap kicks, my toes had to be up, my my foot had to be like my foot had to be down, like I had to have a level, but my toes were pointed up. Um, I had to twist this certain way to generate maximum power and you know, it was just, it was a very complicated thing. The same way that like martial arts punches are taught very complicated. You know, you'd punch out in the air and you'd hold it there. The instructor would come up and he'd he'd move it like a millimeter this way or a millimeter that way. None of that ever made any sense to me. It, it's like if if a millimeter in a vacuum of a of a martial arts dojo makes that much of a difference in a real fight, you're not going to get that in a real fight. You've got a moving target there instead of a, a pad or a willing a training partner with you. So none of that really ever made much sense to me, especially why are my toes going to be up if I'm going to have shoes on anyway? Um, but the the techniques that are taught in martial arts type schools also, they take a lot of practice in order for you to get it right, for you to be able to do all those little things. And again, if it doesn't really matter in a fight, if you're not going to have all those those perfect factors uh, there for you, then then what good is it really? Also, I think that in it's often... It's often taught as like a range move so that you can strike from far away. There is there is a kicking range, right? So it gives you better distance to be able to get to somebody or keep somebody away from you. In my experience, it doesn't really work that well at that kicking range as much as it does up close in a close combat range where most attacks are going to happen anyway. I think that if you try and use it as somebody, something to keep people away from you, or to be able to strike somebody from far away, you've got to be really, you really do have to have your techniques down there. And I did promise here that, you know, I, almost, I know most of our people are not doing a lot of martial arts training. A lot of our listeners aren't. And so I wanted to give you something that was really powerful that would allow you to really master kind of close combat kicking without really having to practice it at all. Because it really is more conceptual. A lot of the basic movements that you need are really just natural for you anyway. It's just about how do you generate power that way and how do you do it the right way. Um, when it is done right, it is completely devastating. My instructor, my Krav Maga instructor that I you know, do a lot of personal private training with, used to destroy me with inside kicks. Destroy me. And that's because 
I'm so hand focused. Like I just, I generate just maximum drive forward and I'm just constantly, I'm, I'm using my upper body. I'm using my strikes like my elbows and my palms and things like that. I'm so focused in on my hands and everything that he would just completely destroy me with inside kicks that I wasn't even expecting. So let's talk about some of those advantages of these. First, the advantages of close quarter combat power kicking is that you do have more power in your legs than you have in your arms and your shoulders. So if I were to kick somebody, I'm going to have more natural power than I would if I were to punch them in some way. Also, it does surprise the attacker. Again, I my instructor just used to like, I would just feel his foot uh, on the inside of my knee uh, when I wasn't, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't, I mean, he, w- and I could tell if he actually put any, any pressure into it whatsoever, I would, I'd be broken on the ground. Most people do fight with their hands. And so there's a, it will surprise your attacker with these, with these kicks also takes away your attacker's stability. If you're able to take away his foundation, his legs, it's going to reduce their power to attack because they need that stability in order to launch a powerful strike at you. Um, Kicks can also help you enter for a more powerful strike, a follow-up strike, because it does force a mental shift of your attacker and how you'll attack them. If they're not expecting you to kick them, now where they were thinking that I just need to maybe block this punch or I know I can expect a punch. I'm just going to kind of hunch over. I can I can guard my head while I'm punching away at him. Well, now if they know that you're also going to kick them, it takes away their mental sh- – it gives them a mental shift because now they have to think about that as a possible strike from you as well. They have to keep themselves covered up somehow down below to protect themselves. It also opens up other targets for you. Because people are so hand-focused, what I've found is that when you start kicking – to, uh, to their to their body, that blocking a kick is usually done with their hands. So they're not used to like martial arts learning how to how to block a kick is maybe to, to bring your leg up at the same time to kind of jam their kick. But most people, because they are so hands focused, will try and block a kick with their hands. And so what that does is it opens up their head, their face, other targets that are good follow up targets for you to come in with a better strike and an upper body strike. Right. Also, the one of the advantages is in stand-up grappling, your hands might be tied up. You might be locked up with your attacker, but your feet will be free. Also, when it comes to multiple attackers, same kind of thing. You might you might be forced into battling it out and striking somebody, or it's going to be a grappling type situation because people are going to grab onto you, and your hands are going to be tied up either with one person or just trying to 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 block people from being able to get to your head, maybe with a covering block, but your feet are still going to be available. So even if you are locked up with one person in front of you, if you've got an attacker on the left or the right side of you, you still have your feet that you can reach out and strike them as well, where you might not be able to punch them or uh, get other some, some other type of attack in there. All right. Now, there are some disadvantages to kicking as well. For one, it does take away your stability if you're kicking with one leg or your foot you only have one other leg that you're standing on. So you reduce your stability that you have with only being on one leg. Um, Also, you're not going to be able to get away with it over and over again. So once somebody realizes that you're going to kick up, they might jam you, they might just rush you. It's not something that you're going to be able to get away with, I believe, over and over again. So I don't think it's, it's not like a great range keeper, like keeping people away from you by saying, I'm going to kick you, or you just showing lots of kicks to them. Like eventually they're gonna they're gonna realize what you're doing and they're very quickly going to be able to rush in on you and and take away that that range advantage there. 
All right, with all that being said, to me, that there, there are four keys to close combat power kicking, and, and here's what they are. So key number one are the targets that you're going to kick. So I recommend that you only go low line, especially in close quarters combat. You're not kicking up high anyway, but the higher that you kick, the less accurate you're likely to be unless you're super, super fast and very well trained because the upper body moves more. So if you're trying to kick somebody in the head, well, they're going to see it, right? They're going to, I mean, the farther your, your leg or your foot has to travel, the more you're going to telegraph your attack. And so somebody is going to move. So that target that you initially started to kick is most likely not going to be in the same spot that you were trying to kick it in. All right. Also, the higher that you kick, the less stability that you're going to have. You're going to have to have superior balance, and that takes a lot of training to be able to get there. So you should only go with low-line targets, especially in close quarters combat. Now, for these targets, I recommend everything is below the waist. So the groin is probably the. I'm going to work my way down here. The groin is probably the most, you know, the one that most people think about as a as a powerful target, and it can be, but you've really got to. Um, you've got to really kind of get in there and get it. And it's not the fight stopper that a lot of people think either. But the groin is a target. It absolutely is. Next is the outside of the upper leg. Now, this is called the, the lateral fem uh, femoral area. It is basically the outside of like where your quadriceps are, but it's that whole complete outside of the upper leg there. Now, this was a weak spot. If you ever watch any of the old UFC fights with Tank Abbott, I've seen much, much smaller. I mean, he's like he's a guy, gigantic guy, right? But I've seen much smaller attackers, much, much smaller. Just continuously just kick him in that lateral femoral area. And it just, it just like weak. You can see him get weaker and weaker with each kick. Now, it took a lot to take him out of that. It wasn't always necessarily, it wasn't like a one stop shot for him. But you can see that it can take down even a much larger attacker. Next, I would say is the knee, which you can either from the front, which a lot of people think about it in terms of like, you know, you, if the leg were, were flat, completely uh, straight up and down, and you kick to the front of the knee, it, it only bends one way, so it's going to snap it. Uh, you have a much better chance of striking the knee from the side, either from the inside or from the outside. Uh, that lateral movement can still snap the, the knee, and it's a much, and most likely people are not going to have their their leg completely extended where you're going to get that front same. But either way, no matter which way you kick it, that knee is going to be a very uh, a very powerful target for you. Also, the back of the calf near the knee. So it's only a, a little ways down from the knee itself, but it's uh, typically along the, the uh, either the outside or the back of the calf. This is the the perennial or the tibial nerve. The tibial nerve runs in back of the calf. The perennial uh, is on the side of it. And the thing about this nerve is that your lower, the lower legs from the knee, from the knee down, uh, there's a sciatic nerve which is in the upper leg, and that that kind of comes down the back of the leg. That's what most people are used to if they have any sort of back injury, sciatica. That that sharp pain just goes down the, the back of the leg and, and down your entire leg because it transfers that pain to the perennial and tibial nerve. Now the thing about the uh, these nerves right in back of the calf and all along the uh, the side of the calf is that they don't really hurt that much, but your lower like from the kneecap down all the way to the to your feet and your toes require those nerves to be intact in order for them to even function. 
So when you strike there with a kick, it essentially takes away that the use of their lower leg. They won't be able to flex their their toes up. They, it, basically, they cannot stand on that leg. So that's why it's a very, I mean, again, it takes away their stability, their power, and they can't run after you. You can pretty much get away after that. Next, we have the shin, which is the bony part of the front of the lower leg. And this is a good target because it is so bony. There's no meat in front of that. And there are a lot of nerves there. It hurts a lot on those, those, uh, those nerves on the on the front of the shin. So th there's a pain factor there, which may or not may not work for you in a real fight because with their adrenaline hopped up or if they had any alcohol at all, they might not feel that. But it is still a, a very good place to be able to strike, and we'll talk about that. Next, we have spleen six, which is on the inside of the leg just above the ankle. It's only about two or three fingers above the ankle. But it's the pressure point there that is spleen six. And this, again, will take away the function of the uh, from the, the, the foot and the leg. It will take away their stability. It's extremely painful. It can even be used as a pressure point just by pressing in on it, like if you're on the ground there. But it is a, it is a very powerful thing, especially if you, if you kick it with full force with a stump. And then last, we have the arch of the foot, which is where your shoelaces are. Now, this has been argued about in martial arts worlds and real street fighting as does it, does it really affect it? A lot of people have said, I've been stomped on the foot there. It doesn't hurt at all. There are a lot of little tiny bones there, but it's arguable whether it will work or not. It's hard to find somebody to, to be a test dummy. Let me see if I can break all those bones with a heavy stomp there. But... Arguably, it can you can break those those little bones there. Either way, it is a very easy target to get to in a lot of different grappling type situations, and so it should still be on your list there of where you're going to actually uh, kick to. Okay, so that's the the first key is where are you going to target? The second key we're going to talk about is you should kick with your lead leg, with a couple of exceptions here. Now, I say kick with a lead leg because most people, when they think about kicking, they go for that haymaker kick, just like a haymaker punch where you rear back, like with a, with a punch, you rear back and you're trying to just go for that power blow there, right? That's what most people are going to do in a real fight. Well, the same thing with that haymaker kick. They're trying to go from their back leg because naturally it is going to give you more power. It also is going to take much longer for that kick to be able to reach its target. It is going to have more power because you are getting more force and momentum. That speed is going to be generated there. But it also telegraphs your strike a lot more also. Your lead leg, the leg in front of you, is closer. So you are going to be able to much more quickly hit a target. Now, it's not going to have the same, maybe the same power that you're going to have with a back leg, but... I would much rather get a strike in first, especially to one of these targeted areas that is going to have an effect because it is going to, again, first one to be able to get there. Now you've got them on the defensive. Now you can follow it up with other strikes. So that is another advantage here is that you can follow up faster because you're also not changing your body position. So if I were to kick with my back leg and generate all my force and power, I'm twisting my body at the same time. So when I make contact there, I've essentially gone from, let's say if I'm using my, my back right leg, so I'm facing, facing toward my target, but my left leg is forward, my right leg is back. 
When I'm kicking, I either have to rear that leg back again to get in that same position where my left leg is forward and I'm in that fighting position, or I kick with my, my back right leg and then I plant my foot down and now I'm facing to with my the left side of my body outwards. So my right leg is forward, my left leg is back, which changes my entire body position. So with when you're kicking with your lead leg, you can kick and then you just set it down. You're in the same exact position. So um, you are going to be able to follow up faster. Now, the other thing this does is it maximizes your forward drive because I don't have to change position there. I can kick, put my foot down, and I'm now in basically taking up that space that I kicked. I'm moving my body forward, and that's what I want to do. I want to displace my, my attacker by continuously moving forward and taking away their space, getting them on the defensive. And then the other factor here is that you're going to be more accurate because your attacker won't move as much as he starts to see you kick as he would with that back leg. So you're going to be much more accurate with your strike because it is faster, because it is closer, because you are not going to telegraph as much. All right. So the uh, key number three here is your kicking surface. Like how are you going to kick? Now there are five types of close quarter kicks that I'm going to tell you about here that I use uh, for up close and personal straight street fighting here. One is going to be the front snap kick. This doesn't really take a lot of effort or or training or anything to do. You're basically just raising up your knee and you're just snapping your kick forward. Now this doesn't have to have as much power as you think it does because one, it's in close quarters. I don't want to be kicking with my foot in close quarters because you were talking about like an arm's length here. So the only real target that I use for this is going to be the the groin area. So just a kick to the balls, just a little quick sack tap there with my foot. You can get in a little bit of power there. It's going to take their, their focus down below their belt now, and it's going to allow me to follow up very, very quickly with follow-up attacks there. So there is the front snap kick, and that is done with just the top of your foot or your toes. It doesn't, like I say, don't get too caught up with the exact surface that you're using here. Which brings me to the second type of kick, which is just kicking with the inside of your foot. So yes, you are going to get more power with your heel. But I tell people that, again, it's not a pinpoint targeting sort of thing when you're in a real fight. So just kicking with the inside of your foot, closer to your heel is better. You're going to generate more power there. But the inside of your foot, kind of the arch, the inside arch of where your foot is there. Now, this is one of my favorites, but very few people ever train to kick with the inside of their foot or even think about it. Um, the reason why it's one of my favorites is it's one of the easiest to sneak in because there's no body shift that's needed. You can, if I, sh if I have to kick with the outside of my foot, I have to shift my body. If I'm straight on looking at somebody, I have to basically twist my body to get to the outside of my foot. But with an inside of your, by using the inside of your foot for your kick, all you do is you simply lift your foot up with a simple turn and then just push it forward. Very, very effective. This is one of the most versatile kicks that are out there. Um, it's used a lot like in Wing Chun. It's great for knee strikes, either for the front of the uh, knee or I like the inside of the knees as well. Uh, very, very powerful for that. Um, also for the opposite ankle. So if I'm using my right instep, 
I'm going to basically shove it down into their right ankle. So it's opposite of me, that spleen six position. And the thing about this that works really well also is that it's kind of a natural 45 degree angle. When you, when you attack spleen six, you want to come at it from a 45 degree angle, uh, downward or upward, but with a downward angle there, it's just much, much easier. And especially with that inside stomp there with the inside of your foot. All right, the third type of kick here is the outside of the foot. Now, I like this best when my body is already turned relative to my attacker because it doesn't telegraph anything more. If I'm somehow, my body is twisted, so I'm now perpendicular to my attacker, I naturally have my uh, the outside of my foot already facing him, and it just, it just works really well there. And it does give you more power than using the inside of your foot because of the way that your body's structure is. So it does give you more power there when you're stomping down. And this is used best for stomping down on the shin. So you can take at your foot and you can basically start it from the kneecap and you just basically scrape off of the front of the shin. Now, this is used uh, by um, Colonel uh, 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 Fairbairn in, in close quarters tactics, in, in uh, World War II tactics. It is, um, it's used there, I mean, especially if you have like combat boots on. It can really like hurt going down the shin, but it also gives you a direction to go straight straight down the foot onto the top of the foot. So it's very, very effective here for stomping down the shin, stomping onto the top of the foot. Uh, can also be used on the inside of the opposite knee. So you're kind of kicking the knee out, like from the ins, you know, their, the inside of their knee, kicking it out away from them and snapping that knee. Can also be used on the inside of the ankle there at that spleen six. And it's also effective against multiple attackers because if I'm facing and grappling my my um, attacker here, it's very good out to the left and to the right. I can strike my attackers with those kicks as well with low line kicks, even on both sides. So I can kick out to the left. I can kick out to the right if I have people on each side of me. Uh, the fourth type of kick here is a kick with uh, with your actual shin. So this one you are going to have need, you're going to need more range here because you need to get your shin to that person. But this is also best done to place that has more meat because of how many nerves you do have in your shin. It can really hurt or break a bone. Even trying to block a kick. I mean, I've been taught how to block a kick with my shin. And I can tell you, it does like, I, I don't want to block it. It hurts like hell. So it's possible that my shin might not be as strong as the other person's shin. So I could, I could, it's going to hurt and you could also break it yourself. So I recommend you only go to the meat of their body with this. That's why it's best for the lateral femoral area, the outside of that upper leg there, at more of a distance. And again, this was like a Tank Abbott killer out there. And you can watch some of those old fights there. You can see him get knocked out, if you will, by somebody striking away at this area with shin kicks. And then the fifth and final is to use your knee. So maybe not necessarily a kick, maybe more specifically it's a knee strike. But in close quarters, you can get a lot more power with your knee because of um, how much force you can generate with it. You're not diffusing anything by, you know, the further you get down your leg and your center of gravity from your hips, the the less striking, I mean, the more speed you're going to need really to drive more power into it. But with the knee, you're able to get a lot of power there with just a simple twist of your body. And I again, I like this best for that lateral femoral area as well. All right. So those are the those are, uh, key number three are the, are the kicking surfaces that you use. And then the fourth and final key here is to kick through your target. Uh, 
So this is a, a real challenge for a lot of people. You want to definitely, like most people when they kick, they're kicking like at a surface of something. And what this does is it takes all that speed and force, power, and it diffuses it over the kicking area. So you really want to make sure that you are kicking through the body. Now this goes the same way with striking. But what it does is it takes all of that speed, that force, that momentum, and it condenses it. So if you picture like if you're using, let's just say a shin kick, to the upper uh, outside of the leg, you don't want to like kick at the leg. You want to basically try and shear their entire body completely in half. You want to think of it like you're just you're you're chopping their legs right off. And what that does is because it keeps the power going through the actual target, it takes all that speed and force, and it instead of diffusing it across the surface it basically condenses everything exactly where you are striking. So it does maximum damage in the smallest space possible. Think of it like a bullet, right? A bullet is different is going to be different than a beanbag shot out of a like let's just take a like a shotgun. If you shoot a beanbag out of that gun, that beanbag is going to strike a larger part of the surface. And it's basically, that's why it doesn't go into the body. It diffuses all of that power there. It's also much softer. But if you look at a slug from a shotgun, well, that's going to keep traveling through the target. It's not going to diffuse that power. It's going gonna, it's gonna to put everything in the, into that one space right there, and it's going to put a hole in something. So that's what you want to do with your kicks as well. All right, so those are the four keys to power kicking in close quarters combat. Now, training this can be a challenge because with a partner, I mean, even if you've got padding on, because of the targets that we're talking, we're talking about, they're powerful targets. And so going full force with something is really kind of challenging there. Um, even most training dummies don't have legs or feet there. So what I find works really well here is you just take a pole or a post or even a small tree works really well. And you can take some dense foam and duct tape it around the hamstring portion of the area. I say to only do the hamstring area because the bottom part of the leg is typically very bony. So again, you don't want to have this false sense of security of kind of kicking something with the instep, like your, um, like a lot of people will kick with the instep of their foot where the shoelaces are, and I'm not a big fan of that. So if you try doing that with padding, it's going to be perfectly fine. But if you kick somebody in the shin with that, it's going to hurt like hell. And you could even break those bones that you have there. So I recommend only kind of duct taping some dense foam around the hamstring area. You can use your own leg as a guide there of where to put it on the post. And then take like an old pair of jeans or something and then put those around the post. Like just basically you can create Velcro along the strap of the back and you basically just wrap it around there, but it's going to give you what looks like a leg. And from there, you can use markers and put kind of target spots on there as well. And then you can take an old pair of, uh, or one like an old pair of sneakers and just take one of them and you can essentially cut it down the bottom of the sole there and in the back to be able to wrap it around the bottom of the post or the pole or the tree that creates kind of like the look with the jeans of actually having a shoe there. So now you get your stomping in, you get your low line kicks in, you can just take a, a magic marker and you can you can put where your targets are going to be on there so you can practice kicking away at those things. You'll find that it really doesn't take much practice. Again, most of this is conceptual, so it's really just a matter of you even just visualizing how you would do it. 
You don't need to put a lot of practice in this. You don't even need a training partner for this. But it is going to give you other tools in a close quarters combat attack, again, where you're ambushed, where you don't have any warning. Most of this is going to be like a grappling attack. It might even go to the ground, and that's because people don't know how to use their other weapons that they have in close quarters. They don't know how to fight that closely. Well, this power kicking is going to give you the tools to be able to get that person away from you, get them down on the ground themselves, take away their stability, do real damage up close and personal, and be able to win that attack. All right. Well, that's all I've got for today. So listen, go ahead and leave us a comment on the blog. Have you trained in kicks? What do you find to be very effective in close quarters combat kicking? I'd love to hear from you over in our blog at warriorlife.com. You can find this podcast episode and our other podcast episodes on that part of the blog. And you can just go to warriorlifepodcast.com and that will also take you directly to that section there. Look forward to hearing from you. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.